I mean, I guess in a condensed, small way, I guess just life is just, I was just doing a lot of drugs. <laughs> I think that's like the most, <laughs> like the easiest way to say it. What's up, guys? You have just stepped into the dark blue. My name is Zach, and I'm here with my friend Chris Condi today. Uh, he is a phenomenal hip-hop artist um, and proactive in the LGBTQ community with that, with that uh, amazing lyrical work he does. And uh, we're going to talk to him a little bit today about how he does it, why he does it, and where he comes from. So how are you doing today, Chris? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, of course. It's always always good to talk to you. It's been a while, though, yeah? Yeah, it's been a minute, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> You're a busy guy, man. You've got a lot going on. i got too much going on sometimes, to be honest. <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel like I, I break through that, you know, invisible glass ceiling, and I'm like, yeah, this is the busiest I've ever been in my life. But I kind of just think that's, like, <laughs> your 30s in general, you know, just building building whatever it is you're supposed right. to be you know in the empire yeah <laughs> empire dirt right <laughs> all right all right uh trent reznor thanks <laughs> I, I was hoping you'd get the reference <laughs> i almost said johnny cash because i like his version better but you know i think trent reznor says Emp- I don't, empire of uh shit and then johnny cash yeah. says empire of dirt you're right. You're right. <laughs> anyway, uh, well, yeah. So uh, it's early, so uh, we are not starting this episode off with beer, guys. Uh, it's it's uh, it's ten o'clock in the morning here in Seattle, and I'm still waking up. So uh, instead, we're we're getting started with some caffeine. So uh, what are you drinking today, Chris? Man, I don't like the fact that I'm sharing this, but I <laughs> I. Uh... I love coffee, but I drank so much um, as a barista and like a coffee shop manager for like, I was doing that for a decade. And um, sometimes like I just, I have to be like in the right mood for it because I just, I think burnt myself out um, on it. And so now I, you know, I, I'm super picky with coffee one, which is like, I have to drive kind of far to get the coffee i want and then, two, and then coffee snob for sure yeah and then two like um there's you know i like a specific monster energy it's the the light blue monster with like that says low carb on it i don't know why it's oh, low nice. carb i think it's this low carbonation maybe it's smoother i don't know but it's got like it's only it's only got three grams of sugar so i'm just like okay it's better than like a 26 gram like coke or something you know it's probably more oh, sugar yeah. than just a regular coffee but it's not the most it's not the most terrible thing but i'm pretty sure there's like some sort of chemical that's might be killing me i don't know but i'm awake <laughs> <laughs> and i need to get things done and it's pretty tasty so great it'll be fine as long as it tastes good you're enjoying it <laughs> right yeah i'm just like man i'm only on this earth for a little bit so let me just do what i want exactly <laughs> Uh, well, yeah. Uh, so I'm what drinking. Nice, I'm drinking a nice hot um, beverage from Four Sigmatic. They're actually this really great mushroom company. They they make drinks and uh, mu- uh, like protein powders with uh, mushroom, different types of mushrooms, and um, they help stimulate like brain activity and 
digestive health and things like that. And so today I'm drinking the um, the golden latte that they have that's got turmeric in it as well. Mm. And so yeah, it's it's pretty tasty. That's awesome. That sounds good, actually. I don't know about having mushrooms for breakfast, though. That seems weird. <laughs> Maybe like an omelet, but not in a, not you know, a drink. You legit can't taste them, though. That's the crazy really? thing. Yeah, you oh, can't okay. taste the mushrooms. Um, but, uh, but yeah, man, if you want to try it out, you can actually go to their website, forsigmatic.com. Uh, okay. a, you, if you use promo code DARKBLUE, you can get 15% off your first order. Nice. Yeah. I, actually, I think I will check that out, to be honest. Sweet. Yeah, they actually make coffees too. So you can it's like a instant coffee. So you can uh, mix it up in some, some hot hot like milk or whatever. And um and is it like cool. mushroom coffee or is yeah. it just coffee? No, it's it's legit like coffee and and mushrooms together. Interesting. Yeah, and it tastes really good. I I was actually surprised when I first tried it. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Let me check it out. <laughs> so anyway. Well, all right, man. Um, well, let's settle in and uh, get going, yeah? Yeah, do- totally. Man, you and I met several years ago. I think it's been like eight years now, right? I think it was 2010 or 11. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I remember you were, you were at my work. I was working at the Foundry, this coffee shop um, in San Antonio, and you were playing djembe or another drum, or maybe. No, that was right. The well, you were playing the cajon or the gym or djembe for like this like. I think she was like some like singer songwriter, and she was like from Israel or something. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Is, uh, is that right? Yeah, it's been a while. I don't remember her name honestly. <laughs> it's been so long, but yeah, she's uh, like a, a Jewish singer songwriter, super folky um, artist. She was she was really solid. Yeah, I just remember it was it was good, and I was like, cool. And I think I was just like. I was thinking in my head, I'm like, man, like, I want to maybe, like, start maybe doing more percussion with, like, my music, you know, or doing, like, a stripped down, you know. Um, And so I think I just approached you, and I was like, hey, I'm a rap. I don't know what I said (laughs) (laughs) to you, to be honest. I think I I Um, I recall you complimenting my drums, and we shortly thereafter sat down and played, like, for, like, five minutes, we played drums together. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. That sounds that sounds right. <laughs> um and then yeah, we've been friends ever since, man. Yeah. That's how it started. Beautiful friendship. <laughs> oh, yeah. What a meet cute. <laughs> so it's been a while and you've got a lot you've man, a lot's happened in those in those years and like I, I really just wanna really, just kinda hoping to hear more of your story and kind of what your journey has been like, you know, like when you and I met, we were both in very different places in life <laughs> and, uh, yeah. respectively. And, and then like, just in our own, like, you know, uh, from where we are now too, you know, like, right. absolutely. 
Absolutely. But the one, I think one big common factor is of course the art, the music uh, that we had right. between us and also yeah. our history with the, the church and things like that as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I guess in a condensed small way, I guess just life is just, I was just doing a lot of drugs. <laughs> I think that's like the most, <laughs> like the easiest way to say it. It's just like, you know, I was exploring uh, I think when I met you, it was pretty innocent. I was kind of just doing a lot of like party drugs. Like I was taking a lot of MDMA and uh, smoking a lot of weed. And um, I had been sober before that um, for like a year and a, maybe like two and a half years. I moved down to Texas in 2008 with a year of sobriety from uh, I moved here from Annapolis, Maryland and um, right outside of Baltimore. And I uh, had a year and then I stayed sober for another year and a half and um, stopped believing that I had a problem with alcohol or drugs or anything because I got sober when I was 19 years old and I was like well I haven't like lived under a bridge or gotten a DUI even how am I an alcoholic you know and I just convinced myself that I wasn't and so uh, you know after that I you know ended up I was living in a, a house full of like sober people and ended up living with the band that I was playing with at that time, some hardcore bands and, um, you know, started like smoke. Huh? Is that the one that you dressed in drag for the hardcore band? Oh yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I would. <laughs> it was. So the reason I did that too was because like playing places, like playing like all these like super broed out, like metal and punk rock lineups. Like there'd just be so many like macho serious dudes and i was like dude fuck this shit like i'm gonna wear a dress and like you know disrupt this whole thing because it just was like so i don't know just like the insecurity and the mask of uh, you know what i mean it's just like okay dude like i don't (laughs) like you don't need to flex like we're all just here hanging out you know right Um, but it's definitely that that time that era and um yeah a couple years you know, into it, I started like using really bad drugs and um, that took me for a really bad, you know, I did pretty much every single drug that you could do, um, you know, heroin, cocaine, meth, and um, you don't, you can't really do meth for very long before you start getting in trouble. Right. And, uh, you know, I ended up getting sober, I ended up trying to get sober. I, I remember like being, working at a bar and like going in and just crying because I didn't want to drink that day. But I realized that I had like lost the choice in drinking, which is basically like how you know you're an alcoholic. Like when you stop drinking, when you want to stop drinking, you can't wow. basically. And um, and so, you know, I ended up uh, ended up reaching out for help, you know, a year or so later. And uh, long story short, I've been sober for about five years. And when I got sober, I was like I was 27 and I was like you know I've <clears throat> I've been playing music for a long time but I've never really like actually focused or had enough focus to actually try and like think about the business side of this or trying to really like make it work and so now that I'm sober let's put all of my energy um, into this you know as I'm taking care of like my sobriety stuff like you know a lot of people don't see that side of me because it's kind of personal and also it's not really anyone's business like i'm really involved and active in the the recovery community um i 
I facilitate um, sober drag shows all across uh, the nation, <laughs> which is kind of funny. Like I'll put shows together at for conferences for uh, young people in recovery uh, that are like recovering from drugs and alcohol. And um, so these, you know, these there's tons of conferences that happen all the time. And so I since I've been pretty active, like doing drag and um, going out to these conferences, they've just. I've kind of built a name for myself within that community. And so now I get like flown out and like put on these drag shows and it's, it's, it's really, really cool. But that's like one thing I do that a lot of people don't really know, but on top of doing that and on top of just like being sober and being active and going to like groups um, and like doing this, the daily stuff that I needed, that I was told to do when I first got sober, um, you know, I'm, the writer for the I'm a music uh, writer for the San Antonio current, which is our local alt weekly magazine. Um, and I am pursuing a career in hip hop, you know, and um, put out my first album earlier this year. Yeah. Got picked, got picked up by a French label. Um, and then I have a new EP coming out in December um, called Condi digital. And uh, it's being released through um, this label called fake Four who are a pretty, pretty big underground hip hop label. And, um, you know, and all, it really is attributed to basically just like my sobriety, you know, like that's the big, that's the biggest thing in my life. And it's taught me a lot, you know, it taught me how to love myself. It taught me how to, you know, abandon this old, uh, old way of thinking, you know, like I, I had a lot of, beliefs about myself and about other people that I had to abandon because they were hurting myself and they were hurting other people. And they were like, it was the type of thinking that caused me to use uh, and caused me to drink and caused me to like change the way I feel. Oh, wow. and so I learned, I learned basically how to like face that stuff and get down to the, the you know, nitty gritty things that I was really dealing with and learn how to, uh, and how to just basically, um, you know, like either cope with it, either accept it or, you know, learn how to like uh, change, basically. Yeah. You know, and um, start to replace the, the addiction with. You know, yeah. I mean, really, it's like a lot of people that go into you know recovery. We have a lot of like um, bad habits, not just drinking and using. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot of like selfish behavior, and so you basically have to like change that behavior. You know, and a lot of it is just basically like. Um, starting to do esteemable things so that you have better esteem it's like okay i'm not gonna like lie or or lie and manipulate to get what i want no matter what it is because it's like that's what we did and you know when we were doing drugs and and using it sounds really strange like as a sober person now like that how much i would lie just to try and get what i wanted you know but it all be it was all about trying to change the way i feel because like i just did not feel okay in my own skin, you know, and that's, yeah. that's kind of like the root of a, of a lot of addiction. Um, and, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm grateful to be, you know, five years and a couple months sober. Yeah. And, um, Congratulations on that. That is awesome. Thanks dude. Yeah. It's been a, it's been a crazy, a crazy journey, you know, and a lot of my music is about that. And, um, yeah, you know, yeah. uh, yeah, if you guys if you guys want to check this out, go uh, to Spotify, go to YouTube, wherever you can, and check out his album "Growing Up Gay." And we'll talk a little bit about a little bit more about that here in a, a few minutes. Um, but yeah, man, congratulations on that five years. That's a pretty big deal. 
Thank you. I appreciate it. Man, I'm all flummy and trying to <laughs> save, dude. I'm like, I'm like, ah, uh. <laughs> yeah. And I was, I was at a, I've been at two different concerts. Like, I went to Marilyn Manson two nights ago, and then I went to Tool last night, and um, I'm like screaming and <laughs> yeah cold cold weather you know and I'm super jealous of the tool concert but it sounded like the Marilyn Manson one wasn't so hot yeah man Marilyn man you know he was like one of my idols growing up and he just was so his live show was just so insane like just seeing the videos and to see him just like bored and drunk yeah. <laughs> I'm like, man, this sucks, you know. <laughs> he just seems like a he seems like a caricature of himself. Right. You know? yeah. And uh it's just sad. But yeah, Tool was um Tool's amazing, you know. I feel like they tapped into some really weird, like metaphysical plane type stuff. And I mean Yeah, seriously. And, and like, it just it's entrancing. Sweet. Somehow they took the metal world into this like zen state that just yeah. like, combines the two together, and it's just like how how because I actually feel this sense of like serenity when I'm listening to them. Yeah, same. <laughs> it's very it's like heavy, but like it feels like heavy and like holy. <laughs> you <Right>. know, like <laughs> like wow, like uh, I feel like enlightened. You know, um, yeah, yeah. No, that show is definitely like. Super, I mean, the sensory overload. And, oh, sure. Um, but well, um, well, speaking of like you know connecting music to the you know spirituality and things like that, actually, you know your your hip hop has a lot to do with that stuff as well. I mean, you write a lot about some very specific and very um, intense topics, um, <laughs> and I, I want to hear a little bit more about that. Like, what what drives you to write the lyrics that you write? Um, I know you support very heavily LGBTQ through your music. I mean, the name of your album title is Growing Up Gay. Right. Um, so, uh, what, can you talk a little bit more about, about that stuff? Yeah, you know, so um, a couple years ago, um, there was the Pulse nightclub shooting in Orlando and it was June 12, 2016. And the reason I remember, not only because it was a terrible tragedy in my community, but um, I had I had started this uh, LGBTQ music showcase called Queers and Beers um, two years prior to that, and um, or a year prior to that. So the second one was the day of the shooting. And so we were really kind of freaked out to even do it. But I knew that my community needed, um, I think, a place to stand in solidarity with each other because we were all like freaked out, like nothing in like the history of like the community had happened like that, where it was like a mass shooting. Like all of, you know, we've been murdered individually, like over, you know, for like centuries. But like none, it wasn't like this whole big group, like just, you know, massacre um so it was really strange and you know i i was thinking about pride and it was you know everything that happened during like lgbtq pride and so i wrote a song called growing up gay and it's basically what it was like growing up as a you know queer 
uh, you know, middle school kid figuring out his sexuality and um, feeling oppressed um, by it and not wanting to be gay, but finally having to learn to accept it, you know, and, um, you know, basically this, I wrote this song and it's basically just, you know, um, the, all the feelings I felt surrounding it and how it led me into uh, drinking and wanting to change the way I feel yeah. and eventually coming out on the other side of it, like a strong person, you know, processing that internalized shame and then, you know, going through the journey from shame to self-acceptance, which yeah. is basically why we celebrate pride as LGBTQ people. Like we don't celebrate pride just as come, you know, coming out of the womb and like <laughs> golden fucking speedos and throwing right. glitter and saying, yes, queen, you know, <laughs> just like, the show of it. Yeah. Yeah. But we celebrate the journey from like being told our whole lives that something's wrong with us. Right. To finally being like, fuck that. I'm beautiful. And yeah. I love myself for who I am because like, you know, it's like being told, like, if you're a straight dude and someone's like, be like, you know, so, uh, you know, like, what did you choose to be straight? You know, and like, do you think maybe being straight is like a phase? And, you know, like, well, the Bible says that being straight is wrong. And it's like, you know, like, that's exactly what it feels to us. It's just like, that doesn't seem right, you know? Um, and so a lot of my music is especially this record I think I wanted to address because I had put I've been putting out music for you know 10 years and playing songs and you know a lot of it was kind of a very spiritual and I was you know back when I was really involved in church and um, since leaving sort of that like uh, just construct spirit yeah <laughs> it's like leaving that perspective behind um I've, you know, I really wanted to address this because it was something super important in my life. And I felt like I was running into this question, like, yeah. what is it like being gay? Or like, there was just a lot of, uh, I don't know. So I processed it through my art and a lot of my music and a lot, especially this record was about, you know, um, um, and then a lot of like kind of posturing, like, um, and flexing, like as a gay rapper, especially I felt, you know, I still get uh, discriminated against. Um, I still don't get on sh particular shows because people don't think that I'm able to rock with them as hard or that the audience won't get what I'm saying, but it's like, um, and so I, you know, I wanted to put a lot of these tracks. There's some tracks that are really like aggressive, right. you know, and, uh, and I'm like, I make, and I'm like really flagrant, you know, in my lyrics, but I'm just like, I make sure that like, I've, I mean, some of those lyrics are like the most technical and like ferocious, like performances, that I've ever done like on in studio, you know? And so, and when I do it live, it's like, people are like, Oh shit. Like he's doing like hardcore hip hop, but I'm talking about like, you know, like performing oral sex on a dude. It's phenomenal. Like I just, cause I've been watching videos of some of your shows and stuff in the recent, like last couple of years. And I mean, just the, the, the change that your performances have gone through and like where you're at now is just like, it's so impressive to see you up there now and that confidence that you have and your just willingness to be absolutely 100% elf. Um, yeah. of, you know, who's in the crowd. It doesn't matter. Like you're gonna, you're gonna get your, your words and your message out there and you do such an amazing job of it, man. And I think it's just captivating, honestly. Thank you. 
Thank you. Yeah. And, you know, I, I appreciate you telling me that. And I think over the years and especially performing on performing music from this album, um, I really have seen, I started to kind of like see my purpose in life, which sounds really strange, but like, um, I started, so there's a song um, called Dividing Lines at the end, the night before, it's the, the song I, I always close with, and there's a part at the end where it's just like, I'm just like singing, and I'm singing love over and over again, and so like my show starts and begins with like, it's very heavy, and it goes ups and downs, very theatrical, and I feel like I tell my story of like getting sober, and like being gay, and like addressing all those things, and um, you know, but then I kind of like, in a way take you to church like i i want to facilitate these experiences that i've had in church like i you know like i may not be a christian anymore but i definitely feel like i've had these experiences with um some higher power you know and like some people use the word god some people use the word jesus some people use the word the universe uh-huh. you know I, I i used to say like the great spirit to me like i'm i can say god because i know what it means to me but um i choose to I don't like to even use words for it because sometimes I'm just like, I don't, I don't like to assign a lot of characteristics to that energy because like, I don't think we have the capacity to really understand what it is, but I think we can, we can interact with it somehow. And it is a benevolent energy that we can interact with. And, um, and so I want to, I invite that energy into my, into my shows at the end of my show. I'm like singing love and I'm like, I wanting to bring that energy and I want to kind of like facilitate this sort of like, experiences like how you would in church and like singing like worship music because i feel like a lot of my lgbtq community feels uninvited um from like the christian church um and like spiritual spaces um and i think we've done a a really good job there's definitely been a lot more places and a lot of churches that have been more open to like accepting my community but there still is this like stigma of like well we love you but you know, you're still, yeah. you know, you're still a sinner. Honestly, I went, like, to, um, I went to Pride for like the first Pride festival I ever went to was in San Diego, uh, in California. And it, it was really interesting to me because at the time I was still pretty heavily involved in church. And um, I were walking into the Pride Fest and there's a church outside protesting the Pride Festival. Uh, with their asshole signs saying that gay people are going to hell and saying, you know, things like that. And yeah. then we go into the Pride Festival on the Pride Grounds, and there are churches set up in there inviting people, you know, and just loving on them and showing them that, like, we accept you, you know? And <clears throat> yeah, that juxtaposition for me was such a huge, had such a huge impact on me and my view of, um, of, religion and of Christianity and things like that. And, um, that, that started quite a journey for me personally of, you know, changing some of my, my perceptions of those things and my understandings of them. Um, and you and I talked recently a little bit about how the church impacted your, your process too. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, I think I, Okay, so I was, um, I was, so it starts, this, <laughs> it's hard to like kind of just like start. It's like, okay, well, uh, you know, growing up, I experienced a lot of abuse sexually 
um, and physically. And then uh, in my early teens, I was raped um, by a guy in the military. And I, by the time I was 13 years old, I was like processing so much. I was like not knowing how to process all this trauma in my life that I just became severely depressed and was like kind of disassociative. Um, and like, I've since, since, you know, I've had a lot of, um, I've gone to a lot of therapy from that and like, I'm fine <laughs> now, <laughs> you know, um, it took a lot of work and a lot of people. I say all this to say, um, that I was a depressed 15 year old kid eventually. And so, um, I got invited on this like Christian retreat. And I was like, man, I don't want to go on that. It sounds dumb. And then you know, I eventually go and I have this experience and uh, I felt this weight lifted. I have this interaction with like my higher power that's, you know, um, God, et cetera. And uh, I took me on because I was in the context of like this Christian church. I was just like, I guess I'm a Christian now. And I like just ate the Bible and like, you know, uh, took everything uh, very literally. I needed everything to be black and white. And so in the process of that, I internalized that I was not to like, you know, uh, that I struggled now with homosexuality, that I wasn't gay, that I struggled with homosexuality, you know. Um, and so, you know, so because I had been so indoctrinated, I, I don't feel like anybody indoctrinated me, but I really indoctrinated myself because I needed, <clears throat> I really feel like that kept me alive, you know, like I had that experience and, um, and so part of that process though is that like you know i i became so a lot of my faith and a lot of like my my uh worldview was through this lens of like christianity and american christianity and so eventually like that all began to fall apart um and you know i just was like something is not working here like right. and i realized that i was working for a church by the time i was like 17 years old and I was like the worship leader and, uh, you know, like <clears throat> eventually moved to Texas and like was still kind of like getting involved in the church. And, 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 and just it just wasn't really working for me at all. And um, and I, you know, eventually had to just like, you know, when I got sober, I had to like I had to literally I was so scared to like let go because I thought that I would be like you know, I thought that I would, I really literally thought like I'd go to hell. Right. Right. If I like, Back if I just like disowned, like, I'm like, I'm not a Christian anymore. Right. I was just like, so scared of that because I'm like, well, I've had these like intense, you know, intense spiritual experiences, blah, blah. But like, for whatever reason, I couldn't get sober. And I, and I kind of like came to this point in my head where I was like, you know what, I'm just going to like, I'm, if I go to hell, fine. I just need to stay sober because I can't like whatever, for whatever reason, my view of like God and religion and spirituality right now is keeping me like from being sober. And somehow that's not right. right. Somehow there's something fucked up about that. And so I did. And I realized when I developed a new conception of a higher power, which is like one of the part of the process of getting sober, when I developed this new conception, I realized that like God didn't give a fuck if I was gay or not, <laughs> you know, he was more concerned with me, like not hurting myself or other people. Right. I was like tight or he, she, it, whatever it is, you know? And, uh, and I was like, Oh, you know, and, but it's still in the back of my mind. I was like, man, like, it's just so insane. Like how, uh, 
how strong how how much of like a stronghold that like american christian church and religion in general has because like you know it's like you i mean it was like everything to me i mean i used to like carry a bible in my back pocket i would talk to people like on planes and like try and like get them to like receive jesus it was insane i mean this was like more in like high school era you know like college era but like I mean, it was definitely, I was definitely that, that kid. And uh, to like come on the other side of it, it's, it's sort of interesting though, because like, I feel like I'm not so much doing something that's so different than what Christianity is today or what the true Christianity is, which I think is to like, is, is helping people get into a relationship with like a higher power or like getting people free from their own like bullshit in their head. Like to me, like my message um is about like about hope and about becoming free from either drugs and alcohol or negative relationships you know bad relationships like whatever bad job you're in whatever like bullshit that you're believing about yourself like it's about freedom you know and i had this conversation with this like pastor recently it was like recorded and it was about he was doing some uh he was doing this uh like program about how the church doesn't listen to um like uh oppressed um people or like the uh peripheral communities like uh muslim communities like the queer community um like the black community like um these like marginalized groups like they she he was like you know the church just tells people like the, the church just talks and we don't listen and the church doesn't listen and oh, so yeah. he he invited me on this thing to like you know kind of just talk about my story and my perspective and i told him i told him like i think it's really interesting that you have me on this this program because you know i came from the church i came from like american christianity and like telling people about jesus and now it's like you know what i'm doing is like i want to be able to like facilitate the same experience for my lgbtq brothers and sisters that feel like they can't go to church to like have this like spiritual experience. And so what I do in my show is like, after like, you know, I take my clothes off, I get crazy and I'm jumping into the crowd and screaming, <laughs> you've seen it. Um, but at the end of the show, like I'm in like inviting love and I'm like, I'm like, and I tell people like, you are loved, you are accepted no matter like what you believe about yourself. And it's like, you know, I went on tour recently and like I played this big festival in Brooklyn you know, and the organizer, my friend Will Sheridan, he came back up to me after I got off stage. I was in the back, like getting dressed, <laughs> putting my clothes back on. And he's like, he's like, dude, he's like, there are like 10 people like outside just like crying, like bawling their eyes out. Like, what did you do? And I was like, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, dude, that's awesome. You know, like people felt something. And I it, kind of in that moment, I, I realized that I was doing something bigger than myself. And it's sort of like, it made everything make sense. It made all the hurt. It made all the bullshit that I went through in my life, like have some purpose that I was able to like, that I'm able to with my art now tell my own story, which like, which basically is inviting other people to like get free and to be able to, you know, go on their own journey of self healing and, and wholeness, you know, and that's what I want to be able to do. And that's what my art is about now. Absolutely beautiful, man. I'm like, it, I, I'm almost speechless over here because like, I love hearing you say that right now because, you know, I, I saw you struggle through so many of those things and so many of those feelings. And now seeing you come out of, of 
all of that with this perspective and where you're at now and changing lives and all that sort of thing, you know, it's just, it's really uh, exciting. And like, it just brings me some serious joy, man. Thanks, man. Yeah. I'm, um, I, it's weird because I, I keep my head down and I grind and I'm grinding 24 seven with just between, you know, like I, I have my partner, we've been together, we've been together for about a year and a half. You know, he lives in Austin. I live here, which is Austin's like 45 minutes away. So it's not even like that yeah. hard to get to see him. But, you know, between, you know, my day job working for The Current and like writing about the San Antonio music scene and doing my own music stuff and going on tour and putting records out and like being involved in the sober community. It's a it's a lot, you know, but like I'm, I'm full, you know, like it's not that like. It's, it's like when you go to yeah it's like when you go to the gym and you're just like fuck like i'm tired as hell but like i feel good so you know, like yeah that's the that's the that's the feeling i have and i am i am tired a lot you know but it's uh i i'm really grateful for just really grateful for the life i've had in the community um and friends like you that have like stood by my side and sort of like i knew that i knew that there was moments i think like with you and i and you were watching me like and you knew I was in a dark place you know and it was just like I was like man I know like looking back I'm like I you know thought about you and some other friends that was like like I know they saw me in a dark spot and maybe not didn't know exactly what to do you know but just were there for me and I'd always appreciated that you know because like that's like that's all you can do like no one knows 100% what someone's going through and and we don't always 100% know like what the right thing to do or say is but knowing that I wasn't alone in those times, like yeah. what kept me, I think, alive in a lot of ways, you know, I'm like, okay, I am loved and, you know, people do care about me. All right, guys, so we got a little treat. Uh, Chris is gonna do one of his one of his pieces from his album called "Growing Up Gay," um, but uh, he's just recently had some fresh acrylic nails put on. So, he... <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna get a really exciting, wonderful um, spoken word version of "Growing Up Gay." For all you listeners, this is actually what I do live. So missing something if you want to hear it it's always on spotify my band camp etc but um so yeah this is growing up gay i don't really rap about it felt no need to explain it because being gay was just a facet of what i was relating getting sober was more the boulders on my shoulders and waiting on my lyrical writing processes back when numbers came in to the scene i mean i think i'm always keeping it honest especially with all this vomit of hate Invading that sprayed rape to pain it upon us. I waited a lot of years to explain my story, so I'ma relate a little of growing up gay and little and finding out you don't like the same shit as they do in middle school. A kid confused about liking dudes, but it's not true. What will I do if I'm accused? Yo, maybe it's all cool. Will and Grace is on TV, so maybe it's all good. But why do I feel like God hates me if it is all good? It's fucking weird. I think I'm queer, so maybe beer is the answer. And the more that I drink, the more I think I'm less of a cancer. What kind of 12-year-old thinks that? I think back and I'm grateful I didn't lean back. 
on that railing in Turkey and succumb to the lurking thoughts of suicide and self-hurting. I'm glad I'm not burdened by my internalized homophobic unworthiness. Lift my skinny fists to the heavens like I don't deserve this shit. Like, God, I don't deserve this shit. I'd rather drown, be buried alive, and never heard from again, yo. It took a long time for us to get here, so you'll recognize all that we have been through. It took a long time for us to get here, so you will recognize all that we have been through. A couple years later, I'm trying to find a savior, someone who rescued me from all of my depression, despair, and anxiety. So one night, I find myself inviting a higher being into my life for the first time, and I'm like, finally, I feel peace for the first time. I don't think for the first time in a long time about being deceased in the worst kinds of ways. But in the back of my mind, I know I've decided to deny my inner self that I'm gay. But if I pray real hard, they say these feelings will fade, that my attraction to men will all be taken away. But I never noticed the change, and I spent those next years a slave to a dogma that caused a lot of empty bottles and veins filled with painkillers, insane feelings of shame. I hate feeling like I just plain hate feeling. So I drank, snorted, shot, smoked, stared at the ceiling, slowly falling into a void of oblivion. But with a little bit of back and forth and a couple little slips, I decided it was time for a life I could live. It was time for a switch. With a flick of a switch, got a glimpse of a kid. I don't need all this shit. I believe I'm a gift. I believe I can live. Yeah, I'm waving a flag with a rainbow in it, and I'm taking no shit. Orlando 2016, this poem is for that. For every gay kid out there who was ever made to feel bad or ashamed of things you can't change, yeah, it's with you I stand. We are equal to humanity. We are never less than. Mm. I love that, man. Thank you for doing that. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. It's such a, it's such a, just, it's just an important thing for people to hear, man. Like, you know, we, we equate, masculinity to you know uh, heterosexuality to you know gender blah 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 whatever um but you know some of the most masculine men that i know are are gay um and you know so we're, we're told that 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 that's not possible that we can't be masculine and be gay um and like I'm kind of curious, how does like how does that impact your life? Uh, how has it impacted your life? You know this this perception that you have to be straight to be masculine. Yeah, I, I really struggled with that, and it wasn't so much like it was more about self. It was more about acceptance from other people, and I thought um, it's funny because I've let myself become, I've let myself like express more of my feminine side. Um, since like, just like loving myself and allowing myself just to be who I am. Um, because I, I used to think that I wouldn't be attractive to the men that I wanted to be attracted to if I was more feminine, because I wasn't, cause like, I don't feel like, I think back then I didn't feel attracted to more feminine men or like, I don't know. And so, you know, after all of that and processing it and becoming older and um, just like learning to love myself, learning to love myself and accept myself helped me accept other people. And, and like, I became attracted to a lot broader, you know, like spectrum of people. And I realized mm-hmm. that like femininity and masculinity were like, it's sort of weird because I consider myself non-binary. I don't identify as male or female, but I, I relate to masculinity and femininity at the same time 
And, and so like, I, I feel like I'm non-binary because I don't fit just male or female for a minute. I thought I was female because I didn't identify a wholly as a male mm-hmm. About three years ago. I was just like, I'm female. I'm going to live as a female, you know? And like, I thought I was a trans female for a second. And, uh, you know, like, for like a couple days was like I'm living as a girl and then I was like nah this ain't right I um, feel like I'm abandoning this like male side of me because I knew there was like this masculine part of me too you right. know and like uh and like I used to equate it with like oh like I like you know I like skateboarding I like jumping off you know back when when I was younger I used to like I used to love jumping off of shit you know <laughs> and, and like you know BMX and like you know anything crazy and uh extreme sports like i was all about it and um i still am and i still skateboard everywhere um but like i realized that masculinity and femininity um it wasn't they're not really uh it's not so much like how tough you are or how dainty you are i think it's like it's about character i think you know like masculinity to me is you know uh it's weird because like I I think they can be both very similar things. Like, I wouldn't say, like, masculinity, it's like, oh, like, mas- you know, being masculine is being, like, you know, a virtuous character because you can still be feminine and have a virtuous character, you know, and still be, like, you know. Um, but I think, like, uh, I think for people who, like, really, especially, I think, for men um, who identify as, like, uh, cis male and, like, are masculine i think it's important uh to like realize it's like um you know your own definition of that i think it's basically we just can't equate it with like how tough you are (laughs) you know (laughs) like it's it's about like the way you live your life you know to me like masculinity and femininity are pretty similar and i think in my own brain just thinking about it now i'm having a hard time like differentiating it because to me (laughs) because i'm non-binary i think it's like I identify like both of it is like just learning how to be uh, learning how to like um, have treat others well. And yeah, I mean, it's basically like about character, you know what I mean? Like, like, how am I living? How am I living my life? Because like, you know, there's especially in like the LGBTQ world, it's like where gender norms and constructs like, you know, you could get, uh, you might be, um, like, challenged to say that, like, masculinity and femininity are just constructs, you know, um, because, like, you know, male and female is just constructs. The binary are constructs, you know. There's so many different, um, you know, boundaries and, 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 like, options now you know and um (laughs) i think it's important to be and i'm not trying to like dismantle your podcast (laughs) no you're good that's that's great i i'm actually really enjoying this perspective because you know there's so many things that are just are very similar about you know masculinity femininity and like you're saying in that we're essentially just trying to learn to be better people and treat people well and you know, allow space for others to be who they need to be, um, you know, and it, it's, it's like the whole concept of masculinity is about like being protective and being um, strong and, uh, and, 
and caring, I guess, with your family and, and people around you. And, uh, I've definitely seen women who have those same characteristics, you know, single mothers. Right. Cause it's like, whatever you think about, like what, like, okay, think about what you think masculinity is like, even in a healthy way. And, and like, can you not think of like a woman being able to be that, you know what I mean? Or a non-binary person, you know what I mean? So it's like, I think like, uh, I, I, <laughs> that's why I'm struggling. I was like, I don't know, you know, like I yeah. think at the end of the day, like, uh, I think it's just like about, you know, and, and, and whatever role you decide to, to play and to be, you know, like, um, I've seen, I mean, I'm, I'm attracted to like my, I, I don't know, like my, <laughs> my boy, my boyfriend is like, uh, you know, we've been together for a year and a half with my partner. He, you know, he is, uh, I'd say he's less effeminate, but, like, he also, like, paints his nails, you know? <laughs> like, I don't know, yeah, but seems, I'm also, you know, but, like, compared to me. Like, and the tattoos and, you know, all that stuff. <laughs> but, like, but, like, does that make him more, ma- you know, more masculine? I, I don't know, you know? Right. Well, I mean, you I know, think- societal views you know we see somebody with big beard and the tattoos and we're just like oh my god this is this is what we've been told is masculine so therefore this guy must be a beast you know right and i think that's maybe the uh you know it's all about you know it's the conditioning of our culture you know it's like the tattoos and the beard like to me i okay so i have a beard because it makes me look a little less chubby and so it, it actually it acts as like a, a natural contour for my face so like my face looks a little slimmer because like i have elongated my face right, because right. of my beard you know? <laughs> and so like uh and i have tattoos because like i'm a punk rock kid you know like i grew up <laughs> in the whole scene and you know um but like i never have been like i'm a tough dude you know i've never right. been i've never thought that and i always and i always struggle with that you know like um i i because i never felt not that i never you know like i played sports and i never been i've had a lot of friends who were skateboarders and i always felt like you know felt accepted by people mostly you know like my close friends you know by society as a whole not really but like um you (laughs) know like by my I'm I'm a straight straight white male, and I've had moments where I don't feel accepted by society in a very right. way. But like you know, I I was a kid as well, and I've always been kind of the misfit kid, you know. And I've I've never fit into what society expects me to fit into, and um, it's yeah, it, it's acceptance is weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, and I think like uh, I I think because of that like having i think like also i haven't been asked you know about (laughs) i think especially being like really involved in and most of my friends being like in the lgbtq community it's like i've seen very like uh like the ideas of femininity and masculinity i think like i don't think about it as much anymore Mm -hmm. i think it's a very binary sort of like like i think it's like i don't you know i don't know if it's necessarily a bad thing or a negative thing you know but like i don't relate to it as much because i feel like Mm. you know i'm like either all of it you know or none of it 
Right. You know, like, I'm just, I'm just like, uh, because I think, you know, we, especially a lot of LGBTQ people and people who are not cisgender, whether they're trans or non-binary or whatever, um, like, the identity of, the idea of, like, um, gender constructs or gender, like, identities and just femininity and masculinity in general. It's it's hard. Yeah, expectations. It's like, well, I don't know, you know, and, like, (laughs) I've been told that I have to fit this way, but I don't fit that way. Yeah. So, like, like, I am am, and so I don't. Right. So the language, I think, can be, the language might be weird, like how some people are offended by the word God someone might be offended by the word masculinity because it's like, well, what does that really mean? <laughs> right. You right. know what I mean? So I think it's cool that you're unpacking this and, and exploring it. Um, cool. uh, because like, you know, like I think that it's, you know, we have to, I think we have to un- unravel like that, those definitions and those roles um, because, you know, not everything that society has taught us growing up is like true and correct. Right. You just know? like you're, you know, just like you as a teenager needing black and white when you were learning about religion, you know, and then learning that later on that oh, everything's not as black and white as I thought. You right. Know, it's just like that. It's really like we we have these black and white boundaries put on on everything, and it's a matter of kind of breaking those down and 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 realizing that there is gray area in pretty much uh, most things that we that we experience yeah like i to me like i love i identify with like uh aggressive femininity mm-hmm. which like to me is like i've always been drawn to like female skateboarders or like female rappers or oh, like okay. female so, like rock so you listen to one of avril lavigne when you were younger <laughs> no <laughs> um but just like that aggressive like this like okay there was like this femininity but it was also just like in your fucking face you right. know what i mean and okay. like uh just like not really like can it be able to hang with like the dudes and yep. whatever you know um that's what i identify the funny the funny thing is that's like for me, that's typically the type of, of woman that I'm attracted to as well is that, you know, the punk rock girl, uh, the goth girl, the, you know, the, the more not aggressive, but the more like, um, I don't know, just like you were talking about that kind of in your face. Like I, I heard Kitty. I don't know if you remember Kitty. Yeah. I remember them when they came out and I was just, I was enthralled. Um, hearing these hearing these girls do the same screaming and metal hardcore <laughs> that uh the guys are doing you know yeah yeah That's definitely super attractive to me so but well anyway uh dude i really appreciate this conversation this has been really awesome hearing your perspective on these things and um just really appreciate you being willing to to break that down with me and, and uh, talk about your experience yeah, no, definitely. Thank you for for inviting me, and it's been good to catch up with you a little bit. And um, yeah, you too, mate. I need to get to Seattle someday. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Come see me. We'll we'll uh, set up some shows for you, man. We'll make it happen. Yeah, awesome. Um. So, hey, take a couple minutes if you want, and uh, and. T- 
toast yourself. Talk about talk about where you're at uh, on social media and shows you got coming up. Whatever, whatever you whatever you want to tell the people about. Okay. Um. So, um. Like I said, thank you again for having me on the show. I, I really appreciate it, and uh, it's always good to talk to you. Um. So I've got um. I've got an EP coming out. It's a five song uh, uh, EP coming out through Fake Four. They're a um, Connecticut-based, uh, New Haven, Connecticut-based uh, uh, hip-hop label that have put out a lot of amazing um, rappers and hip-hop artists over the years. Um, my friends uh, Cheshki Ramos and, and David Ramos's brother um, own and operate it, and um, I've opened up for them several times uh, throughout the past couple of years. And um, so, yeah, so I have an EP coming out through them, flying out to Portland um, for a show out there. Um, and then I'm going to be doing a couple tours. But uh, in the in the near future, I'm really just focused on um, this EP uh, release. I got a music video coming out with it um, in the next couple of weeks. Like I have ChrisCondy.com. But that just sends people right to my band camp. Um, so, uh, but yeah, if you type in Chris Condi like on the internet, <laughs> like a search engine, you will find everything you're looking for. All my YouTube stuff pops up, my band camp pops up, Sweet. Uh, my articles yeah. pop up, everything's all there. Um, awesome. Someday I might, might put everything in one place. But um, hey, you know what? You're you're so all over the place. It might not. It might not work. It might not make sense for you to do that. Yeah, I don't know, you know, I, I just, uh, you know, so hope people somehow find my music and I'm grateful for that. But when you start selling um, tickets for like 2000 person sh- or more shows, then you might, you might need to set something. Yeah, up, you know. they might. Yeah, I might have that. But then like, I may not have to do it all myself. Cause like at this point, like managing everything myself is like the, the hardest part I think of of really everything but um you know it's all it's all work and it's all you know for myself and it's fun so but yeah that's pretty much that's pretty much it you know i'm trying to uh you know this ep coming out will be like kind of the end of the year kind of going out with the end of the year with a bang and um you know i'll have i'll definitely be playing some more south by stuff and but yeah it's right. I, I mean it's non-stop everything's non-stop it's just like go 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 so you know, follow me on instagram chris Condi, the rapper um, that's C-H-R-I-S-C-O-N-D-E, the rapper. Um, and then all my Facebook and Twitter and uh, Snapchat's all the same stuff. So, all right. Uh, well, maybe I'll uh, drive down and see you in Portland when you come up, come up for that show. Yeah, definitely. It'll be uh, January 25th. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I hope you enjoyed uh, Chris Condi. And if you guys need anything, always, if you if you need someone to talk to, give us give us a, a message on Instagram at uh, underscore dark blue, or you can message us on our website at darkblue.com. Uh, we're always here for you guys if you need help finding a therapist or anything like that as well. Um, thanks again for joining us, and cheers. Cheers, brother. Talk to you soon. Indeed.